Welcome back to another episode, and thanks for staying outside with us. I'm your host, Isaac Ming, and introducing my co-host and your in-game voice of the Vancouver Giants, Cam Miller. Cam, how's it going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. I know the Canucks aren't doing too well right now, but overall, it was a pretty good weekend, I thought. Yeah, what a way to, to dive into that little area, but... Uh, yeah, right into off, it. Off the top, actually, today is Valentine's Day. Uh, we'll get into this real quick. Cam, you have any significant others that you're spending the day with i do not i was not expecting that question but uh no i don't um how about you isaac nope uh it's just me and my depression for the canucks that's that's all i care about in my life right now yeah so this past weekend uh we'll kind of hop into some pre-topics there was a ufc card uh it was actually a pretty big event it was the Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky uh, champ versus champ fight. Uh, did you watch that, Cam? I did not. I'm not a big UFC guy. So okay. uh, you go ahead and share your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, I'll, just, I'll just touch on it real quick. I'll get into the, um, the co-main, the Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett fight. Uh, that was actually a pretty good fight. I'm a huge... Uh, okay, I can't call myself a huge... I'm a, I like Yair Rodriguez. I think he's, he's next up. Um, I think he's got a pretty bright future. And then that was a good fight. But the Makachev versus uh, Volkanovsky f- uh, fight is probably one of the better fights I've seen in a long time. That's uh, one of the fights that I would say that it could have gone either way. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with... I don't, I don't think Volkanovsky lost his belt necessarily. I think the double champ was just a, a title to put on him, but... I was cheering for Makachev the whole fight, and of course he won, and he's pound for pound now, which I don't, I don't know. Like Obviously, he's pound for pound because he won, but since Volkanovski put up such a good fight, I still kind of would want to put him for pound for pound, just because he's a weight class below, and he never actually got finished. It was a split, or not, or I guess split decision, so, or unanimous. Um, yeah, I, I, the thing was, I actually liked both those fighters, so I wasn't too mad about the results, and even if it went the other way, I still would have been super happy about it, but other than, other than this UFC card, there hasn't really been too, too much that's gone on, like, there was, a, there was this football game over the weekend, but, um, I don't know, really do you no want to, deal. do you want to get into that? Like, we could skip over that, it's not that big of a deal. I think we should maybe like briefly talk about it. It's only yeah. the biggest game of the year um, and the most viewed game of the whole year. So I think yeah. we should touch on that a little bit. So the Chiefs beat the Eagles. I guess you won both your bets against me. I went Eagles, and I also said that we were gonna, that the heads was going to be the coin toss. Yeah. And obviously, uh, it was the other way around. Tails never fails. Yeah, yeah. But did you, so off topic, did you even try to guess the Gatorade color? Because me and my buddies were all having a little bit of fun with that. I did. And I was, well, first of all, they didn't even show it. So I I was like, 
after the game, not immediately after the game, obviously, right? But like, I was also watching with a, a buddy of mine, and we were like, oh, we gotta find out what it is, right? We were on Twitter, on Instagram, like, no one knows, no one knows, and eventually we found out that it was purple, but um, I never actually placed like an official bet on it. However, uh, I did not think it was gonna be purple. No, I didn't yeah, either. I actually thought it was gonna be blue. I had yellow just because yellow. Okay. I had the Eagles I, I, winning too, so yeah. Well, I just I wanted I was like it's gonna be a stupid color, right? So I went yellow, and my one of my buddies actually did say purple. He said it in the, like a few hours before in our group chat, and so that was kind of cool. We told him we should have been on it, but whatever. Bet the house on it. Exactly. Um, but uh, here, so let's get your your general thoughts on the game uh, before the the ending of it. How'd you? Was it, obviously it was the most entertaining game I'd say of the year. You were you were also right saying that both teams were going to get over two two scores in a field. Yeah, so it was obviously a very high scoring game. I believe thirty eight to thirty five was the final score. I think something about they Chiefs won by a field goal. Yeah, thirty eight thirty five. There we go. Um, which is obviously an insanely high scoring game for the Super Bowl. I don't think we've had that one one so high scoring since the Eagles last played in the Super Bowl which was uh, against the Patriots which was obviously a little more high scoring but this was one of the best Super Bowls we've seen in a while and it was just back and forth the whole game and then Mahomes got injured they were down seven and Mahomes gets injured with two minutes left in the first half and you yeah you don't you don't know if he's going to be able to come back and lead this Chiefs team to... It wasn't really like a comeback. They were only down seven, but kind of a comeback, right? At that point, it's like, I'm, I'm all Chiefs fans, and the the world must have been thinking, oh, man, the Eagles can really have a chance to run away with it here. But, um, yeah, it was a great game, back and forth. Um, some turnovers on each, on each side, that Jalen Hurts fumble, um, that Nick Bolton recovered for a touchdown. There was another overturned fumble that Nick Bolton also returned for a touchdown which didn't end up getting called a fumble but just overall like tons of action on both ends of the field there were some defensive plays some great offensive plays um some booth reviews on catches that were pretty close and overall just both quarterbacks played out of their minds like Jalen Hurts big credit to him I think he Jalen really had a that. really good game he had a great game, and he, he had, proved all the doubters three, wrong that he can't three pass. Touchdowns? Over 300 yards and three passing touchdowns, I believe, plus a rushing touchdown. Yeah, like it's just... No, three rushing touchdowns, actually. Oh, sorry, three rushing touchdowns, maybe one or two yeah, passing yeah. touchdowns. That's yeah, right. you're right. I fl- yeah, I flipped that there. But either way, right, he threw for over 300 yards, and he's kind of proved to people that he can throw the ball. So it was... A great game, and unfortunately, this kind of leads us into our next question: is the ending? It was a bit anticlimactic, in my opinion. Um, what were your thoughts on that, Isaac? Um, like he even came out. Bradbury came out and said that it was a bad call, or it was a good call because he did. Uh, he did grab his jersey, but my like in my opinion, like the ball was so overthrown, like it's not catchable. So that. Like in that moment, I don't think you cat you don't you don't call that. But I I didn't play football. I've just started getting into football in the last like two to three years, so I don't I don't feel like I have an opinion to even kind of go well on that. But like Twitter kind of had the same opinion that I kind of did. But 
if you want to go into that. Yeah, I think in that moment, you kind of let them play almost. Like, if you're going to call that holding, there are other calls that I think need to be made that didn't get made throughout the game. That's a game-deciding call right there. Yeah, exactly. The one thing I don't really agree with is that, like, it's it's the refs kind of getting into the game. And I just, just let the players, just let the kids play, man. 100%. And there's always that um, fear that the refs are going to miss a call that, will end up costing a team the game. So I kind of understand it that, especially since the 2018 incident, Saints-Rams, I'm going to keep bringing that up because it's haunting me forever. But since that incident, they're just, there's such a microscope on the refs. And I part of me feels bad for them because it's very it must be very difficult to call that or to decide whether to call that or not in the moment, right? The ref sees that he has his arm around him. He throws the flag. And then the ball's overthrown, right? So it's kind of hard to judge in the, also, in the heat of the moment, I think. so. I also feel like you got to take the circumstances into account, though. You're at the very end of the game. Like, if this was... I if agree, this, I agree. If this was the end of the second quarter, then, like, and then that's, that's the call, like, sure. Everyone's going to kind of roll their eyes, just even though it was an overthrow. But it's... I don't, like, like I said, I don't, I don't want to touch my opinion onto it too too much but i i yeah i i guess i'm a little passionate about it i guess so i'm gonna agree with you on the circumstances um i I do think that as a hold bradbury even came in came out himself and said that that it it was a holding by the book it was a holding however i I don't think you need to call it by the book there so i agree with you that and maybe under those circumstances at the end of the biggest game in the year you don't necessarily need to call that yeah there's there's a lot of questionable things and i don't really need to get into this but i will there are some other calls in the game too that went in the eagles favor that i didn't necessarily agree with no yeah i I do too by the book so if we're going to go with the argument that it's like by the book but you don't call that in the moment Let's go back to the second fumble that would have been returned for a touchdown. That Miles, like that, he caught a swing pass, right? He caught the ball, and I believe, looking at the replay, that he fully caught the ball and had control, and then he got hit and lost it for a fumble. Yep. The rule is that you have that uh, a runner must catch the ball and then make a football move. Yeah. So See, I, I I'm gonna disagree on that just because by the rules like he did he also he didn't get to take a step i, I no, was he did he uh not like, he planted not, two feet he caught the ball and planted two feet and then have, he got you hit able, you have to be able to make a runner's move though he he I just kind of caught and plant. i i i see like wait, wait. i was i was in your i was also in your opinion but i was watching with a bunch of my football buddies so they were kind of saying they were agreeing with the rest there but like i didn't know that was a rule even before so it is a rule but i think I think if a defensive player makes such a good play on that, and in live time it looks like a fumble, like he caught that ball, had oh, control, sure. yeah. tucked it, and then fumbled. I was, I was, I was he, he didn't, he didn't get the chance to tuck it actually, but he, he caught the ball and had full control, and was like just about to turn up field. He didn't actually get the chance to take a step forward, but he did catch the ball, got two feet down, and then got hit. So I think if a defensive player is able to make that play on a swing pass like that. That should be a rule to fumble, 
in my well, opinion. But I'll also leave. Won't... I'll I'll okay, go sure. against the another call that I kind of was weird about was uh, the Goddard catch when he caught it with his helmet and then went out. Did you see that one? Yeah, that was a bit weird. I think I, that one was kind of fifty fifty. I I don't um, think he planted both like. From the from slow mo, even I don't think he plant had both feet planted. I only, I only watched it a few times though. I I haven't, I haven't gone back to see see the play, but I don't think he caught that or had control of it fully, right? Yeah. So ultimately, it comes down to like in a game like that, the refs are going to be so like I said under a microscope after every call that it's so difficult to make the right call every time. Ultimately, I think this game was so close that you can't really blame it on the refs. And I think that's a general consensus as well. And I think that's the Eagles players' thoughts as well. Is they can't really blame the refs because their defense let up 38 points. Like, it was a really good game, though. Like, <laughs> it was a great game. It was a great game. And I, I think that if a game like that gets decided at the end by a call like that, it, it is kind of anticlimactic. So, but ultimately, a game like that, it, it's tough to de- it's tough to say that it's decided by one call when both teams had plenty of chances to win the game. In my opinion. On a side note, though, what pissed me off the most, kind of a personal thing, was that all year in fantasy, I had Tony and, and Sky Moore on my bench. And they do nothing. They did nothing all year. And of course, they go out and get those touchdowns. And it's just. All right. Felt like About those plays. <laughs> That's okay. About those plays, I actually want to ask you a question. What's up? Um, did you listen or did, did you see a clip about the Kelsey's Brothers podcast? You, there was a clip that Jason Kelsey said, or I think Travis Kelsey asked Jason Kelsey, how come you guys don't use like pre motion? Or pre-snap motions and movements and stuff. And Jason Kelsey said, he's like, it doesn't matter if they know what's coming, they still can't stop it. And, like, did you see that clip or no? No, I no, I didn't. But to, to kind of go with Jason, like, I don't know what, like, I don't know what the, the scenario was in this whole thing, but, man, that QB sneak, <laughs> you could do that from, like, five yards away and they're still getting that touchdown. But go on, I agree. go on. Yeah, that, that, that like, Eagles QB sneak is ridiculous. They're kind of both in the right, in my opinion. The Eagles can have a third and three and do two QB sneaks and probably get it. Like They can gain three yards and two plays just off QB sneaks. Yeah, the Chiefs know what's coming, but can they stop it? Probably not. But on the other hand, the Chiefs, they schemed two guys open, wide open, by pre-motion or pre-snap motions and a fake jet sweep. And all they did was flip it to the other side, then run it again. And they got two touchdowns off that. Tony's touchdown was like, so, that, that was a good play. Yeah, they, well, they were both the exact same play. They had a guy come in motion as if they were going to run across um, like for a jet sweep or a, a jet pass and stop and go back mm-hmm. the other way. And the Eagles' defense, the guy followed him and just completely lost them. So they were there's two wide open touchdowns that were basically sh- schemed open by the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. And that was a good game. And just kind of thinking, like I haven't thought about it since we watched it two nights ago, right? So 
damn that was a good game <laughs> yeah it was a great game what'd you think about the halftime though i actually didn't get to watch much about the halftime but really no i was just yeah, about to no, get into that i actually like i you, so going on just like reading on twitter like there's a lot of people that didn't like the halftime show and just really? personally personally i i like the halftime show like like it's it's a, like it's still official. Rihanna's smoking hot still. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll like agree with you on that. She's so bad, man. But um, yeah, like, I actually I enjoyed that uh, halftime show. Like last year, like nothing beats last year's. Last year's halftime show was probably one of the better ones in a very very long time. Yeah, that was pretty sick last year. I'd say Rihanna's is like. I don't know. This is going to be controversial, but like, I'd say it's kind of like maybe just below the weekends from a couple of years ago. The oh, I think I was, actually liked the weekends was Rihanna's very good. Better. I think really? I liked Rihanna's better. I didn't get to watch it live. I did go back and watch it on YouTube. See, like, but I didn't I, get to watch it live, which I think would have maybe added to some of the excitement, I guess. I, I would but have to rewatch. I like Rihanna's the, songs too, personally. So. Yeah, same. There's also a lot of controversy that she played. Uh, uh, was shining is it shining lights? Bli- uh, blinding lights with the, it's the no, no the Kanye song. Everyone was oh, just mad. Yeah, all everyone of the was lights. Just, or... all, yeah, yeah. Everyone was just mad on Twitter that she played a song that featured Kanye on it. So they're all I trying to know. cancel her and all that. What are your they thoughts even... on? What are your thoughts on her like kind of coming out as pregnant for her? Like, <laughs> you see that? I thought that was cool and like. She just had a kid too, right? Not like yeah. just had a kid, but oh, I'm not a ex- ago, sure on the exact month, but like May or something, yeah. Like yeah. last May, 2022. But I just saw I think she's one. performed in like three years. She hasn't performed live in like three years. So Oh no, I just I saw know, a lot I'm... of people hating on her because they're like, oh, she she used the Super Bowl halftime show to tell everyone that she's pregnant and that's where all the, the, the talk's going to go. And eh, I don't Whatever. know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't see a problem with that. I thought it was, I just kind of was like, I hope that she is pregnant because everyone on Twitter calling her pregnant and she's, and if she actually wasn't, that'd just be bad. No, I think she is. She is. But <laughs> no, yeah. That would be bad. I agree. But I don't know. I think it was a successful halftime. It was entertaining. Um, we hadn't seen, we haven't seen Rihanna perform live in uh, three years or so. But I definitely think it was an entertaining halftime show with lots of build-up and lots of excitement um and there are tons of rihanna 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 or rihanna i think rihanna thanks rihanna yeah yeah rihanna fans out there um so i mean i saw a stat somewhere that the halftime show actually got more views than the super bowl so yeah no i did see that too which is like not it's not surprising because not surprising, uh, but this one this one girl I'm friends with, she texted me right after, and she's like, "Oh, did you watch the, did you watch Rihanna's concert on TV?" And I was like, "Yeah, well, there's a football game on too." <laughs> yeah, ah, that's okay. It gets more people watching it, I guess, and I think that's the ultimate goal for the Super Bowl. So, did you like I her? I can't uh, critique. I can't critique you, it. Did you like her? Uh, what's it called? Her set, I guess. Her layout of the set with like the moving platform. I did, especially considering she probably couldn't like dance around that yeah. much, which we saw. So I think the moving set that like moved for her up and down was all, uh, a nice ad. You see all the memes that everyone's kind of saying that it looked like the the Super Smash Bros. Uh, map. <laughs> I haven't seen those actually, but no, yeah, just like know, the, I see the resemblance though. You no, know, it looked exactly. Like, I don't know. It, it probably wasn't taken from that, but it looked way too identical. That's where they got their inspiration. That's what I'm saying. 
Um, but is that? Did you have anything else you want to talk about on the Super Bowl? That's about it, right? We went over the just kind of our thoughts on the game. Obviously, that call at the end, and then the halftime show. I think that just about sums it up. I, uh, actually, all in all, I think. Oh, sorry, I, you got one more thing. I th- so I think I don't know if you said it on the last episode or if you just said it to person. But did you? Was it you that said that you thought Jalen Hurts was a top five QB? And I kind of was like weary on it. Yeah, I said it on the last podcast. I I said Jalen Hurts was top five. I think I agree with you now. He was he was unreal that game. Yeah, I can't. I I understand the Eagles have two great receivers and a great offensive line. Yep. And people are always going to use the argument, oh, um, good, take just or sorry, take uh, Jalen Hurts and put him on the Bears and he sucks. Anybody's going to suck on the Bears. Yeah. So, I think realistically, you have to succeed in the position you're put in. And good quarterbacks do that, and that's why he's in the top five. He he gets the job done, and he he does it in a, at an at an elite level. So yeah, that could be a very hot take, but I think I'm I think I'm agreeing with you on that one now. Okay, I like it. Um, so let's kind of move into our main topic number two of today. Um, Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot going on with them. Do you kind of want to start on how they haven't really? I mean, they're back down to normal. They won a few games with Coach Bump, or did they even win a few games? I don't even know. They I won like one game against the Blue Jackets or something like that. I think they won against yeah, maybe, and then the Islanders. But oh yeah, they're kind of back down to to earth. They suck. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't suck. get. They, from I kind of assumed my so I kind of wish we did start this per- podcast a long time ago because I wish I could have said my opinions on hiring Rick Tockett because I was really afraid of getting a coach bump kind of like Boudreaux and then we like kind of make our way into 15 16 top 20 kind of right and we lose out on a good pick well that's not happening <laughs> uh, I think we've actually gotten a little bit worse which I mean Looking at it, it makes a little bit sense because Tockett is breaking everyone down and trying to implement his systems when everyone's still trying to learn it, right? Yeah, it makes sense. And like you said, we discussed this before we actually got to do the podcast. We did discuss, we were both nervous about hiring a coach midway through the season and that we would get a coaching bump. So I'm glad I'm I'm glad that we don't we did not get a coaching bump. And it's and it's funny to even think that we were going to get a coaching bump with netting out Spencer Martin and Colin Delia. Yeah. Because like our coach bump also we also had Demko at like playing unreal, playing like Demko, right? And then we had a pretty healthy team at the time and now and now we look at him Mikhaev's out, Demko's been hurt since month into the season. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know if our defense is healthy. They're just kind of playing. Well, you, we don't you have. Look we at, don't have Bo. Yeah. Well, you you look at who's in our lineup. You got Di Giuseppe, who I actually like Di Giuseppe, yeah, but he's I, a fourth I, I liner. Like him. I he, liked him. He's a fourth liner. He's playing with Miller and Garland on the second line. You got Drys on the third line. Like he is not a third line center. D- Dakota was getting some any team time too. I do like Dakota Joshua, but he's back on the fourth line. And these are the practices, or sorry, the the lines from today's practices um you got Giuseppe on the second line and drives on the third line injuries play a factor and in my opinion there's no way 
that those two guys should be second and third liners in the NHL. I don't touch it on just like all, overall roster. Who's been your Who's been your like biggest disappointment of this season? Because I'll 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 go first. Okay. I expected so much. Like I understand he's a bottom six guy, but I expected so much more from Lazar this season. I don't know if you share that same feeling. I do agree. I'm gonna go with someone else, but I agree with you. I think I was happy when we signed Lazar. He's a good contract. He's a good. Co- I think I thought it was a good contract, but yeah. yeah, he's he's disappointed me a bit. Um, I'm actually gonna go with Dermont, although like he was injured coming into the year. Yeah. Um, but when we traded, I think we traded a third for him. Yeah, I was, was happy. Just, it, I thought it was, it was pretty much Hamnick for Dermont, right? Yeah, essentially Hamannick for Dermon, and I think Dermont is still better than Hamannick, but oh, years years I, better, yeah. I thought Dermont was really gonna take a step forward and be like our fifth. Well, he actually, I thought he was gonna be our third best defenseman yeah, behind uh, Hughes. I and, had him, uh, I had him penciled in beside OEL for most of the year. Yeah, same. But you know what? He's playing on the. He's like our seventh defenseman right now. Like, I don't pairing. know if he. <laughs> yeah, fourth pairing. I don't even know if he's playing every night. He's honestly been pretty disappointing to me because I always thought he was a decent defensive defenseman and a good puck mover. Um, not too much upside, but just like a solid fourth or fifth or sixth guy. And he hasn't that. he hasn't been at all. So that's yeah. what I'm going to go with for my most disappointing. For, for mine with Lazar, it was just... A fourth line center has been a problem here. And like, I... A lot of teams it is too, but good teams have a good fourth line center that they kind of just have year in and year out, right? Yeah. And I was and Lazar's still young and he's an energy forward and that's and he he was to come in to be a good penalty killer, to be a good faceoff guy, to be a right-handed center, which we don't have any of. And more so than than he he's he's more on the wing than he is at center. Yeah, they. I don't think I've I've rarely seen him at center this year. I think I've seen him mostly on the wing. So, and he's I like that take too of him being two goals. <laughs> yeah, he's got like four points in like fifth. No, he missed a couple games, but like still four points in like forty games or something like that. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I don't expect too much of out of like production, but even just away from the puck, he hasn't looked amazing. And I would still expect more than two goals. If that I is agree. what he is, I should be looking at his stats before talking about Lazar, but um yeah yeah two goals yeah four points 44 games like yeah i thought so four yeah it, it, that's that's not that's like tweener that's tweener kind of production right there but exactly uh, so we kind of touched on the no no coach bump and our, a little bit of our roster what are your thoughts on kuzmenko being in Tockett's doghouse because he's not getting played very much. I think he's been the short guy in, in the last like two or three games. It's super frustrating to me to watch this happen after we signed him to this extension. Um, I know you didn't love the extension to begin with, and I, now I bet you're hating it even more. Um, like Obviously, we love Kuzmenko, and we're happy that we have him. I just think that... Why did we sign a player to a two-year... $11 million extension to play him on the third line with Drys and whoever else plays on that third line, like Lazar. 
why do we like or dry right now it's drives and Besser, but I think Kuzmenko's spot should be with Patterson, and I hope that's the case when Mikheyev comes back next year. Um, but I, I just I really hope he can get back up into that top six because I like him as a player, and um, I'm not happy with how his ice time is being distributed right now. However. I'm just hoping it's a product of us trying to showcase Besser and Garland on uh, and and Beauvillier, I guess, too, right? Um, but Kuzmenko's not even on power play one anymore. Like, we took him off and put uh, Miller net front and Besser on the flank. So I hope that's just a product of us trying to showcase Besser so that we can trade him. But Yeah, like, I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't want it to sound like I hate Kuzmenko. Like, obviously, I really like Kuzmenko. And... If if I had it my way, if he was, I would love it if he was twenty four, and then yeah. putting and doing all this, then I then I'd love the contract and I'd be totally all right with it. But it's just our trajectory as a team and like where we're going. Was that is that even a trajectory? Trajectory? That's where I was looking Tra- for. Trajectory. Yeah. Tra- yeah. <laughs> but it's like I don't I don't get why we signed him because like what we're not going to be good in the next two years that he's with us. Like we could have gotten something, some at least nice. We could have gone a first. We could have gone to someone's decent prospect because anyone can take on a 980 contract. He has 45 points in 53 games, 22 goals. That's, that's a, in my opinion, that's a top line winger and he's playing on our third line. And I, and I get yeah. that. And I get that the coach doesn't always have to do what the management says. Like, and and I also get that they're trying to teach him a lesson because his underlying stats probably aren't good, and he's more of just a scoring winger. But I don't I don't understand why he gets put on the third line, especially for the, however many games in a row. So yeah, it's it's disappointing. But I want to trust Talkit. I don't like I see a lot of people. I I always refer back to Twitter because I love seeing feedback from fans. I love. I love that kind of that that kind of hockey, right? Or that side, but I I don't know. I, everyone hates talking, and I want to give him a little bit of a leeway with me. But the way he's treating, go on. In my opinion, you can't judge talking off this year. No, and, and, and I, next year. It's same with the management. Like I I wanted to give him this full season, and so far it's it's been more bad than good with the management. But I'd say mid. I, I wanted to say mid, but there also has been some like decisions that I also don't agree with strongly that they've made. That's another. We can get that get into that after like kind of maybe there's a quieter day. But yeah, a lot of it's going to come down to this trade deadline and yep. how we move forward with Besser, um, Shen. Myers, I've even heard in rumors. So it all comes down to how we go about moving or not moving those players, in my opinion. So if we want to kind of move on to that um, section of the show, what do you think about the Shen, Myers, Besser rumors, trade rumors? All right, so... I don't like we're only three episodes into our shows, so I don't expect everyone to know this about me. I think I've mentioned it a few times, but you know that I'm a really big Luke Shen fan. 
I think yep. I, I think I even said that if we resign him, I'll get him a I'll get a Luke Shen jersey. Did I say that? I think I think the our bet was that if he left, if like if we traded him and he resigned back here in free agency, you'd get a Luke Shen jersey. Yeah, and, I'm, and you know what? I'll I'm I'll still honor that that deal because I'm a big Shen fan. But as as we are today, this is gonna this might come as a surprise to you. I think I would rather trade Myers, or I think I would rather trade Shen and keep Myers. Myers is the tank commander. He's helping us lose games. I, we didn't even talk about this before the show, and you just said the next, <laughs> literally the next thing I was about to say. Myers is team tank. He's our yeah. captain. Him and Oliver, they're leading the way. They share that C on their jerseys. They want Bedard <laughs> on this team. Because, like, and I, I see a lot of people wanting to trade Myers and just get rid of him, but it's, like, why? He, that, it literally does nothing for us. W- what are we going to get in return? A fourth-round pick? A f- not even a fifth? No, no one wants that guy on the team. Like, and there was, there was trade discussion with Toronto this past weekend. You can get into that after my little spew here. But I don't... <sighs> trading Myers does nothing. We will actually get a, an all-right return next season, even if it's all-right. It's better than what we would freaking give up <laughs> this, this time right now. Shen, we would actually get something. And as much as I love Shen, we would. I, I personally think if you get second and you run with that, and the, but you can also try and get more than a second because there's gonna be a lot of teams interested in Shen. But yeah, I I don't get I don't get why people want to keep my, or want to trade Myers. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it it kind of makes sense to me considering how hated he is. Um, yeah, so I understand the, the fan we perspective. For, though. We have nothing to play yeah. for. And that's it right there. Is Like you said, we have nothing to gain other than $6 million of cap space um, if we trade Myers. I think you know if we move him in the summer, it's not necessarily a bad deal to a team that you know, next year they know going into the season they're not going to be good. Someone like, you know, we already gave Dickinson to the Blackhawks. We can maybe ship Myers over there too. But if we, no if we, if we, we lost our second round pick for that stupid trade. And I we know. Got okay. We don't need to get into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. But I think we can get rid of Myers in the summer yeah. if we really don't want him on the team next year. Um, however, right now, I agree with you. I think Shen, I'd prefer to move Shen over Myers. And looking at it from Toronto's perspective, it can. Completely baffles me. I don't understand why Toronto would want to trade for Tyler Myers. It makes zero sense to me. Even I've heard rumors that it could be like a three-team trade where we retain 50% and another team retains 25%. So he goes to Toronto at 75% retained, which I think would be at like 1.5 million. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't want Myers on my team at 1.5 million dollars. I don't understand that trade for Toronto. So. Yeah, no. When I saw that Toronto was linked to it, that my one buddy's a Toronto fan, so I sent him, I sent him the photo right away as soon as I saw it, and he was just as pissed as I would be trading Myers. <laughs> yeah, it could all just be like smoke, though, right? Yeah, like well, who, who knows? GMs just check in with each other just to see what the the price would be, and obviously, like you, I think you just said that I kind of tuned out. You would, or we would have to retain a lot of money for Toronto to even want Myers, right? 
Yeah, I said uh, we'd probably have to retain at least 50%, yeah. or you could only retain up to 50%, but yeah. we'd You'd retain 50 good. and another team would retain 25%. Yep, and that's the only way it would work, and that's, <laughs> and I feel like that's too big brain for Patrick Alvey and Jim Rutherford. Well, and then we're giving up assets. Like, we'd have to give another team a pick to, in order for them to retain 25%. Mm-hmm. So we're giving up assets to get rid of a player, which I don't really mind. If we keep, at least until the end of this year, if we want to trade him in the summer, it's a different story. But um, let's move into Besser now, the third piece of those trade talks. Uh, what do you think about What do you think about moving him? I saw a tweet. I, I'm not exactly sure who tweeted out. It might have been Bachelor. Um, I don't want to get this wrong, but it was pretty much showcasing player A and player B. Both had about 35-ish points and 50-ish games, but one was a minus 13 and one was like a minus one. And he said, well, which player would you rather have on your team? And everyone was picking the 33 points in 52 games minus one guy, right? It's pretty much the yeah. same stat totals. Well, it turned yeah. out that player A and player B was Brock Besser and Jonathan Huber. I saw that. I did see that. And everyone and, was picking Brock Besser, right? Yeah. And it, well, yeah. no, I, well, personally, I picked Huberto just because of the, the, the plus minus total, which is a flawed stat, but it still means a little bit of something, in my opinion. But man, is that contract looking real bad for Calgary right now? That, Ten and that's million. Ten and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think it's an eight-year contract. Could be wrong, but that's a little off-topic from our, what we want to get into with Besser. But I, I'm looking at Besser's points. It's really not as bad as we all think that they, that Besser is. I, I, yeah, Besser's so invisible most games, and I'm fine with trading him. But I just don't think Besser's as is. I don't think Besser's having as bad as a year as everyone else thinks. I agree with you. Um, I believe Besser's not one of those players that's going to impact the game at every level. His skating isn't isn't up to par enough for him to do that. And I think $6 million is too much for him. At the beginning of his career, he did look like a game changer. You know what? He did. But and now he's kind of... still holding on to that. Some people still are. Um, but yeah, now I agree with you. I don't think he's... He's not. He's a. He's actually a defense, um, competent defensive player. So I wouldn't mind keeping him. But just I think at six million dollars, it's it's too much. It's still too and much. And yeah. I I don't mind his production either. Especially if he plays with Pedersen on that top line. But I think that any winger that plays with Pedersen is going to be made into look to look like a very good top six winger. We'll look and at Beauvillier when, right now. Yeah, look at Beauvillier. I'd rather have Beauvillier than Besser. I'd rather have Beauvillier at 4.2 than Besser at 6. So I think it all comes down to cap hit with Besser. I don't mind him as a player. It's the $6 million that that uh, negates his value a little bit to me. I just Also that he, he might just need a change of scenery, to be honest. And that's where I was going to kind of get into, like, I like as much as I do. Like I've, I like Besser. He he is in my doghouse a lot because he's just not the type of player that we are looking for necessarily. I think he just doesn't. He's slow. He's like he 
I don't want to say he doesn't work hard because he probably does. He's just not as puck hungry as like like we just kind of said, Bavillier. I really like the player type that Bavillier is. I could see us re-signing Bavillier at some point, and he can be our new Pearson per se, right? At like three million. Exactly. Or like a Mikheyev, for example, as well. Like I like Mikheyev better than I like Besser. Yeah, me too. And like, and and Besser's not even doing the one thing that we as fans all want him to do, and that's score goals. Snipe. Ten goals yeah. in forty-six games is that really good enough? I mean, that's a twenty-goal pace. It's okay. He's it's on pace for pace. twenty. But like, I coming like when he first came into the, in in to the Canucks in the beginning of his career, like I said. He was, he was known as like a game changer. He scored 30 in his first season, 29, but still 30. The next season, he scored 26 in 69 games. So, I, I, see, that's the thing. That's what kind of gets me going about Besser is that I look back at his stats and I see how good he was back in the day. But obviously that those, those injuries that he keeps getting are what really bothers him. Yeah, I think to sum it up, I don't think either of us thinks that Besser is an awful player or that he needs to be traded and he's like a must trade. But at the end of the day, it comes down to us getting assets in return, which I think is the bigger the bigger thing at play here is, like like you said, and just I just said in my recap, we both don't mind Besser. I don't think Canucks fans necessarily hate Besser and think he's a bad player. I just think it would be more beneficial for the Canucks to get any type of asset, whether it's picks, prospects, defensemen. I think it'd be more beneficial to get any of those assets in return for Besser. Those would impact our team more now and in the future than what Besser can can well, impact our team. Well, the thing is that like, I look at teams like LA and Buffalo, and they were worse than us like a few years ago, and they're already like a years ahead of us and that's because they looked at it as let's get rid of our assets that we can actually get rid of and get things for and build towards the future that's what i look at this team like yeah i like i like besser and i like garland but they're not gonna we're not winning anytime soon so we might as well just get something for them let's actually look towards a year that we like okay maybe at maybe in this year we could actually do something we can actually make a push for it. And I don't think Besser, I don't think Garland, Miller, like, I don't know. We're stuck with Miller. I know. And, and I've kind of come, come at ease with, with Miller because every team does need that veteran presence, I guess. And it's not OEL. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think Miller will be fine going into the future. It's just his contract is not something I want to have. But I'm not as mad about it as I was a few weeks ago, I guess. I agree. Like there are a lot of Miller haters out there, and I'm not. Ne- I'm not. I'm not necessarily a Miller hater. I hate Cam um, Miller. <laughs> hey, maybe it's a little bit of name bias too, but I, I don't hate Miller, and I think if we could have gotten him for cheaper, or ideally trading him and Bo would have been the right move. And I think we've already discussed this once in a previous episode. Um, but yeah, I don't hate Miller. Pretty crazy yeah, that tr- Miller at eight million is uh like he took a team friendly for that. <laughs> yeah, 
I think, I, but I, yeah, I think coming back to it, I think trading Garland or Besser. I don't think you could trade both them. I oh, think great. if you can, it'd be great, but it'd be difficult to. I think that trading one of them is the right move, and I think Besser is more likely because he has more value right now. I was going to say, is Besser out of the two your guy that you pick? I think so, just because yeah. he has more value. We'll get more in return for Besser, I think. I, I think so, too. And plus, I think I think Garland fits our team a little bit better. He's more of a like a hound on the park. Uh, he's he's yeah. played pretty good under Tockett since Tockett's been here. He is a Tockett and- guy. Tockett coached him in Arizona, too. And I think Garland, if we have to play him on the third line, fits better as a third liner than Besser fits as a third liner, too. So I agree. Like you said, team fit. Um, Before we get into our next topic, Bachelor actually okay. tweeted a few things out today. I want to get your opinion as I read these off. Okay. Um, this is actually, just for everyone to know, this was not in the show notes. This is just something that I was reading as Cam was talking, and I wanted to get Cam's opinion on it. You're surprising me here. Okay. So, Brennan Batchelor, um, one of the guys that I actually go to for a lot of the news around the Canucks, he tweeted a few things out today. This is a couple hours old, but he said, Quinn Hughes and Dakota Joshua got into a spirited shoving match during a battle drill. Connor Garland got involved too. Hughes was visibly upset. Um, another thing about Thatcher Demko is that Demko's actually going to be in the lineup. He's going to back up on Saturday for Colin Delia. And, and in an interview, he said, it's not true. I'll just say that point blank. Demko on the reports that he wants out of Vancouver. So if you just want to pick whatever one you want to talk about first and just go on about it. Hey, um, let's start with the Demko one. I, I do like that he's going just straight up saying it's not true rather than trying to like dance around it. Whether it's true or not, like, Nobody nobody can know except for Demko and probably the, those who are closest to him. But I at least like that he's going out there in the media and just straight up saying, it's not true. I want to be here. So I like that. Um, that's about all I have to say about that. It ma- that makes me happy. Because um, I, I do like Demko as much as we did discuss trading him. I, I do like him. And I, I want to keep him. Um, moving on to, I guess the other Demko part of it was that he'll back up Saturday. That also makes me happy, um, as much as it, it's not good for the tank that Demko is going to be back. I think it's good for him. And we got to get him into some games though. Yeah, we got to get him into some games and Delia and Martin are not, they are not it. It's tough to watch some games. Like I I was thinking about, I'm cheering for us to lose, but. Well, I was thinking about today, like, it's going to be funny looking back on this this season that Spencer Martin and Colin Delia were pretty much our goalie tandem for the whole entire season. Yeah. Or majority, I guess. And Colin Delia is a guy we got off waivers, I believe, right? Like, yep. essentially Our two guys. I think oh, maybe we, we traded for him. I think you're right on waivers, but I, I don't know. I don't, I, Either I, way, I don't he's like a fringe. It's it's two fringe NHL AHL guys. Like they're both fringe guys in my opinion, and I don't think they'll be anything more than that. So yeah, it's funny that that's what we were rolling with as our two starting goaltenders. Combine that with this awful defense, and I believe we're only three goals away from being the most scored against team in the NHL now. So. I think we are. Yeah. I think we actually are number one. Or like probably this no, like, no. new year, this new year, I think we are. 
New Year, yeah. But the the total from the total year, we're only three goals ahead of Anaheim for um, most goals allowed against. Nice. Yeah. At least we're first or something. Exactly. I just kind of wanted Next. to quickly. Oh, sorry. I wanted to touch on that Quinn thing that I said. Um, okay. It is it is nice to see Quinn have a little bit of bite against a bigger fellow like Dakota, uh, Dak Josh, as some of the boys might call him in the in the room, but. <laughs> I, I, yeah, just knowing that Hughes is like visibly upset, like it just shows that he's not going to get pushed around. And yeah, this this tweet had nothing to do with our show, but I just wanted to mention it just because, like, I like I, I'm a big underdog guy. I, I like knowing that Quinn's not going to get pushed around and he's going to hold his ground against that. And that's cap Captain Material. It's like what I was saying last episode. <laughs> you're you're on the Quinn Hughes captain train, okay? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with either, but. No, you're just, on, you've uh, you've shown your colors. You're on the Quinn Hughes. Hey, I feel like he'll talk. Uh, I feel like he speak his he speak his opinion over Petey. I respect yeah. that. <laughs> it's not no, no no wrong answer. No wrong answer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's not a bad thing either, especially if it's well. I, I hope it's over like a drill or like a competitive drill where they both just battle a little bit too hard. And then got into it. I hope it's not like some stupid argument that had nothing to do with hockey or, you know, had nothing to do with like a competitive or battle drill. Like, I hope that's what it was. So, and that Garland got into it too. That's another smaller guy. So, um, yeah, not, not really too much to say about that. But, uh, moving on, I think we have one more thing we wanted to, to talk about is we're going to introduce. Our, uh, our new segment we won't be doing this every week but on maybe a little slower weeks like this um we'll get into it if we have time our segment called onside or offside um isaac do you want to explain what it is yeah so maybe we'll get like a nice little um introduction for onside or offside whenever we do it we'll get like a, a nice voice that we can get maybe to introduce like we'll... yeah or we can like like just like a vo- like a sound bite we can just chuck in like a little jingle maybe like a like a sound song yeah uh but onside or offside is kind of like a little thing me and cam came up with uh it's it's a little play on like the name of our show uh but i guess it's kind of like a thing where me and cam we don't really talk about what we're going to pick before the show uh we go on the like let's just say the general internet so it's like what we kind of go on is like reddit there's a lot of hockey pages and Canucks pages on Reddit that there's a lot of stupid opinions that go on there. Um, you can either go on Cat Friendly GM, uh, Armchair GM, so go look for a, a trade that you can either agree or disagree with, like a like a bold trade, um, or really anything. You can just go on Twitter and find someone's stupid opinion that you could either agree with, and I think Cam's going to disagree with, right? So that's kind of the basis of onside or offside. Maybe as we get more into our more episodes in it'll make more sense as we go but this is just kind of us wanting to (laughs) i guess wanting to fill time and we'll throw this in and debut it now yeah it's essentially just finding like a controversial opinion or mock trade on the internet and not telling the other person before the podcast and throwing it out there and getting their opinion and talking about it briefly so um i'll go first uh my onside or offside i guess um it's a, it's a mock trade. I found it on Cap Friendly. It is between the Vancouver Canucks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, 
the Pittsburgh Penguins receive Brock Besser and Luke Shen. And I'll add that Brock Besser is at $825,000 retained. So I don't know what percent that is, but uh, yeah, $825K retained. So they get Brock Besser and Luke Shen. And in return, the Canucks get Kasperi Kapanen, the Pittsburgh Penguins 2023 first round pick, the Pittsburgh Penguins 2024 fourth round pick, and Tristan Braz. Uh, Isaac, what are your thoughts on that? What was the last name? Or what the the last name you said? Tristan Braz. He's a prospect for the Penguins. I believe he was drafted in the second round. Yeah, second round in 2021 by the Penguins. And Currently plays for the University of Denver. So it's the 23 first and the 24 second, you said? Fourth. Fourth, okay. I mean, yeah, I'd do it just because we're getting a first and I guess a pro- like a younger prospect. But yeah, like I, I I wouldn't say no to that. We still have the option to sign Shen in the in the off season. They're gonna go with onside. I'd, I'd say that's an onside onside uh take. All right, me too. I like it because especially since the Penguins, they're kind of they're better than the Islanders, but they're kind of in that you know playoff race in the East too, where they're not like a lock to make the playoffs. So their twenty twenty three first round pick could be like pretty good in that mid to like 14 to 20 range where it's a decent pick and so yeah i like this trade as well i'm gonna go with onside all right so for mine um this is on reddit this guy has uh connor garland for anthony mantha swap so this is his Ooh. little this is his little uh thing he has written here Anthony, he, he spelt Manta. Anthony Manta at $5.7 million a year until the end of 23-24. Washington saves seven fifty k and gets a player two years younger with similar point production and is signed for an additional two years. Manta would add size and is still young enough to help our team out this year and or next. Manta would be a top commodity next trade deadline. Onside or offside? So it's cap hits 5.7, right? Yeah. So I think it's, um, it's, it's about a million more than what <sighs> Garland is. But I'm gonna two, go offside. Yeah. Offside. I don't like it. I think I'm, I'd I'd rather have Garland than Mantha, but in a one for one. I mean, I would have to look up Mantha's uh, stats. He has 24 points in 50 games, so he's underproducing than what what Garland's doing. Yeah, I might have to agree with you. It might be an offside take. After he had a couple good years for the Red Wings, but I uh, actually. Garland's not doing as good as we might think. 28-53? Yeah, I know. Garland's not that good either, but for... Less, two less years than Garland, and we get size that we kind of need. I feel like math is a little bit better defensively as well. Okay, you know what? so are you I, changing... I, I might go onside on this one. Okay. All right. Um, like we kind of discussed last, last episode, we don't watch a lot of the Capitals games, so I don't know much about Mantha, but just he's... A million dollars more, you said? Yep. Than Garland? Yeah, I'm going to go with offside on that one. Um, I just don't like the cap hit there. And I feel like we might get stuck with that. And I like what Garland has been able to do under Tocket so far. So. so just before we end here, I just wanted to do a little bit of an update on the, on the race to the bottom, I guess we should call it. Um. We're currently sitting 27th uh, in the league. 
bottom six, which if you ask me, that's awesome. Um, I would like to be lower. I would like to get into that top five, but it's kind of looking like we could. Uh, San Jose's at uh, 28, and they're only a point below us. They're at 45 points, and we're at 46. So, you know, I think I might be a San Jose fan right now. And Arizona's actually uh, two points below us at 44. So, I'm also an Arizona's been hot, right? I'm, I'm also an Arizona fan now. So, let's go. I'm cheering for those teams, hoping that hoping that they start to win and the Canucks can continue their drought. If we finish below, if we finish bottom three, I will buy an Arizona uh, Kachina jersey. Plus, really? they're just sick, so I kind of want one anyways. But <laughs> yeah, we'll put we'll put um, Nick Jarlmson on that. Nick who? Oh, Jarlmson. All right. All right. That sounds um, like about it. Yeah, for, so basically for the rest of the season, we're, we're cheering for the Sharks, Ducks, and Coyotes. Um, and Canadians. And Canadians. They're, only a, and few Canadians. Points, and they're Canadians. only a few points above us, and it would be nice if they screwed off. Exactly. Anyways, guys, so for the rest of the season, we are Sharks, Coyotes, and Ducks fans, and uh, we are Team Tank. Thanks for listening, and make sure to stay onside.